What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my yeah, baby, hey? and these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a No question? one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Uh, you may notice that there is no Evan Grant today. Is that a plus or no award-winning Evan? Award-winning Grant. Evan Grant. Yeah, I think I think Evan uh, made Brad Sham say that. I think Evan awarded himself an award. Where is Evan today? Evan said he couldn't make it. He life had gotten so stressful. He had to take his wife and stepdaughter to Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Yeah, it's Mister Stress right there. Yeah, Evan Grant, just, his life's just full of stress. Uh, got married at what, 50? Close to 50. He didn't yeah. even know what stress was before he got married. Yeah, how many times has he called you and said, I, I can't believe this. This is so hard. You have four children, I have three children. We've been married forever, both of us. Yes. Because no one else would have us, so we, true. we'd be stuck married. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Cowboys? Yeah. What about them? They're good. They're pretty good, aren't they? They're pretty darn good. Nine and one. Not the nine and one Dallas Cowboys. Um, it's crazy. You didn't have that prediction, did you? I didn't think the Cowboys would win nine games this season and next season combined. Really? I don't. I don't, I don't really think I did. I had them. You know, uh, I've said this before. I, I had them at ten and six before Romo got hurt. Right. And then after he got hurt, I said seven and nine, and and I thought I was being generous to say seven and nine. Yeah. It. It. it, it week in, week out. It's just remarkable, and, and I, I credit Dak Prescott. I think you're a Zeke Elliott guy. Oh no, I, you know I just took that as Zeke because you, you two guys wanted to take Dak, and oh, I, okay. so I took Zeke. Uh, I think it's a combination of, of everything. I, I, I do think you know one thing. It was in the locker room. It was striking to me uh, last night. You know, we're waiting for Jason Witten to come out, uh, and I'm waiting for him because I'm writing a column about Tony Romo. It's his best friend. It was really the only guy who was talking to Tony on the sideline last night, besides uh, Kellen Moore. Uh, was that um, uh, while witness talking, and there must be 20 media members surrounding him, right? Uh, and I, I hear somebody saying, he's unguardable, he's unguardable. Is he saying or singing it? He's kind of saying it like that. And then all of a sudden you hear him say, and I didn't turn around, but 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 Witten's smiling. And then finally, he, he says about four or five things. And then finally he says, he's been playing football longer than I've been alive. I heard that. So yeah. that, that would have been Zeke, right? And that's Zeke. And, that, and that's when Witten said, I love that kid. And, and, and it's, you know, it's a team of kids. It is a team of kids. Well, when you got the, 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 the starting backfield, or, or two rookies, right? Uh, two, two MVP caliber rookies yeah. in the backfield. It's crazy. Uh, it, you know, I, I, what's funny about it to me is, you know, you, we're not in the locker room. We're not all the, all the time. We're not we're not doing we're not around these players all the time. But you, but just being there for those few minutes after the game makes me feel like this is a, a different team. I referred to in my column today about uh, Tony Romo. I referred to him as the ghost of Cowboys past, 
And you know, oh, that's a good line. Who, it, who fed it to you? Yeah, I I, I think that that uh, that's the truth. That, that that's one of the reasons why everybody wants to move on. It's a little bit like when when the when the thirty for thirty came on about Spy Slam and Jamma, and I'm watching that, and it reminded. Were me. Were you in it? Did you see yourself in it? it? Okay, but, but I was very good. You are the, you are a self promoter of the highest ilk. Well, I'm re- I'm referencing something I'm going to tell you about. Okay, is that uh, it reminded me of when in, in, I started covering that team on the the second of its three uh, final four runs. Right, and uh, I was there on the first, by the way. Yes, you were. And and anyway, who was the significant player who left that team after the first final? After four the first final four, the suit was Rob Williams, the guard. Rob correct? Williams, the guard. Yes. And now it, everybody, everybody out there is going. Who? He was a great player, uh, and he was a great player in college. And anyway. But he was a but he was a bad guy. He now, now he got his he and Rob's dead now, bless his soul. But he he uh, he straightened his life out and uh, eventually. But at that time he was not a good guy. And the next year when he came back uh, to visit the team one time, uh, the the mood of the team was striking to me. It was almost like they were afraid of him. They didn't want to embrace him. They didn't want to. No, not at all. They were they were ready for him to go. And and because that next year it was Clyde's team. And and so the, my point is, is that on this team, I knew you'd get to this. Is that, that Tony and Romo, you know, great guy, great quarterback. They, they all like it, but it's like, hey man, you're the past, and Dak yeah. is the future, and the future is now. And da- Dak is the present and the future. The future a- is absolutely. now. Absolutely, and I think that's what they feel. Even Come Jason on. Witten feels that he's one. He wants them to move on with this new guy. Does it? Doesn't it amaze you week in, week out, what's going on with this team? Yeah, it does. Nine and one? It does. Nine straight? And then, because let's look at the schedule here. Because, you know, on our on our fancy notes here uh, that we take, uh, we have here the Cowboys' records uh, against the teams they've beaten so far. And, of course, they uh, lost that first game against the Giants, which I have said if Tony Romo had been the quarterback, I think they would have won that game. Or if Terrence Williams yeah, had gotten, gotten out of run bounds. out of bounds, yeah, they would have won that game. Maybe. 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 Maybe yes, maybe no. But what we've seen since then certainly indicates that Dak was capable of that, right? Absolutely. Yes. Now, we see it in the wins over the Redskins, Bears, 49ers, Bengals, Packers, Eagles, Browns, Steelers, Baltimore. How many How many of those teams would you guess now have a winning record? Well, because I right sat now? with you when we figured this out, I think I know. How many? Two? One. One, oh, you're, one team with a winning record. You don't no, no, five no. and five is not a winning. Oh, oh you're saying oh, the Giants don't count because they lost to the Giants. Yes, I, I'm okay. talking about in the winning streak. Five and five doesn't count. But if the Cowboys hadn't beaten them, they'd have winning records. Uh, those two teams would. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they would. Uh, so, but the Redskins six three and one. Hey, all you can do is I. All you can do is beat the teams that are on on your. Schedule. No, there's. I'm not knocking the fact that they've beaten these teams. I'm saying that you would want to say that. Okay, what happens when they play somebody really good? Well, let's look at the rest of their schedule. Right. You got Washington again this week, uh, which we as, as we've noted, the Redskins are playing very well. Uh, they uh, yes, won, they, they beat the Packers. Uh, on doesn't the, every the you know when the Cowboys beat the Packers? Didn't you, didn't you think that was a big win in Green yes. Bay? Well, in Green Bay, and now now it's like everybody's beating. Well, there's something I, seriously wrong with that team. Well, there's something seriously injuries and the quarterback. There's something seriously wrong with this conference. Yeah. All right, so let's let's move on here. We got at Minnesota. And now Minnesota, after its hot start, is just six and four. And the, yeah, they they won yesterday. They had a good win yesterday. They beat uh, uh, Arizona yesterday. Yeah. So they finally stopped their losing streak. They stopped at four. the bleeding. Yeah. They they lost four games in a row. And then the Giants at uh, at the Giants. Tampa Bay five and five. Detroit here six and four. You know, you know the remarkable thing about Tampa Bay? Yeah. Their record on the road. I think they're four and one on the road, and one and four at home. Is that right? I believe so. How could that be? I heard that on the radio today. That's driving a, in. I think you got that backwards. No, it's, I didn't. That's the remarkable thing it about is. it. That is a remarkable record. 
So the, the point being, the rest of the schedule. Where, well, you where, left out a team, the Lions, and the Lions. No, I said, I said the, 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 the Lions. Are, the Lions are here. a team. They're six and four. A team on the come. They're 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 really yes. They're you, playing you, well. You, you can't dismiss the, the Lions. You know. Although here's the thing, uh, we said that this game against Baltimore would be a real test because Baltimore has the best defense in in the league, right? Uh, and and certainly the the best defense against the run. They were averaging, I believe, that they were giving up seventy two yards right, in, uh, right. rushing in that game. So Deke, I'm mean, Zeke, Deke. I do this all the time. Deke, Zeke, Zeke, yeah. Zeke ends up with ninety eight yards rushing, uh, which is twenty six and more just by himself. Twenty six and more than what the the Ravens had been giving up. One of the one of the uh, C.J. Mosley. Did you see that quote from C.J. Mosley after the game? No, tell me. Uh, of the the linebacker yeah, yeah, for yeah. the Ravens. Was he, he the chief guy cheap shotting everybody yesterday? I think he was. I don't know. I, I spent the whole game with binoculars on Tony Romo. I, I, you have I, a crush I on saw, Tony? No. That was my assignment. I had very little view of the rest of the game. Uh, uh, it was a little difficult to, to do that. But my, my point about C.J. Mosley, if you let me make it. I just thought of something I've got to say. But uh, go no, ahead. Yes. Say yours, and I'm going to make the point of the day in a minute. And this is the point of the day. No. C.J. Mosley called the Cowboys unstoppable. Oh, Think about that. You got, yeah, you after the game, but the same thing, this quarterback after the game said we should have won the game. Y- yes, Joe Flacco said it. He didn't say it just once either. He said it like four times. Yeah. We should have won this game. And you know why he said that? Because they, they averaged 6.6 yards a carry right. in the game. You, you averaged 6.6 yards a carry, then you should probably, you should probably win the game. Do you, do, you, do you know why he said they're unstoppable? Because you know, the, I think at this point the only – Thing that can stop the team is, is the Cowboys' offense. They could stop themselves sure. as well, and and that's what everybody's waiting for. Everybody's waiting for oh that Dak game when he throws the two interceptions, when he maybe fumbles, when when his when his uh, accuracy is not good. Everybody's waiting for that game because it's it has to come, doesn't it? Have to come. Well, sure. Everybody in the NFL, you lose a game, you're not supposed to to lose. No, everybody you have to. That. You have to. And so that's yeah. and so I'd said you know last week I believe it was that I, I, my revised Cowboys. Uh, you know, let me ask you. The, the, Are you gonna let me get my prediction? Go, go ahead. Thirteen and three. Okay, good. Now you done? That means they lose two of the six games. Okay. Who, who of these six games do you think they're gonna lose? I I don't think they're gonna be thirteen and three. How so, long, how, first of all, how long do you think the streak's going to go? The streak's I think it, at nine, which is a I think it ends this week. Record. I it think it ends this week. week. There's no reason Washington should come in and win. They played last night on the road. You know, the Cowboys had the afternoon game yesterday, the early afternoon game. Everybody's saying, I think sooner or later they stumble. And Washington has been a surprising team. Yes. It's like the Giants. That, that whole division is crazy. Well, the, the the Redskins were very dependent on, as most teams are, on their quarterback yeah. and how Kirk Cousins played. You know, in, in that game, when the Cowboys played them, if Kirk Cousins had not been so awful, the Cowboys would have lost that game. Can I make my point now? This is a point I haven't seen anybody else raise, <clears throat> and, it, and it was interesting when you were going over the schedule. <coughs> Coming to the last week of the season, week 17, yeah. Cowboys have the division clinch. They, they have the number one seed in the NFC, right? Yeah. Who starts a quarterback? Oh, they won't start Tony Romo. They won't. No. Will he play? They're, they're, if, if, if the situation was reversed, okay. Oh, you mean if Romo the quarterback, I don't know where they start Dak? Yeah. No, they wouldn't do that either. And you, and you, th- you, you don't think we'll, we'd see Romo in that game? No, I, I think you can see him. I think you can see him in the second half. Second half. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that'll it, be awkward, won't it? It'll be very awkward. It'll be very awkward for Tony, and it'll be very awkward for them. You and know, Dak, it'll it, be awkward, awkward all around. What are they going to do? Maybe they won't dress Tony, and they'll dress Mark Sanchez. Uh, or dress three quarterbacks. Could know. could do that. Uh, I, I think the way Jerry talks about it so much, and and look, this is 
This is true. Uh, and Jerry keeps he, he jokes about it about the fact that he's now set a record for you know uh, the most expensive uh, backup quarterback in NFL history, right. uh, which is funny to hear Jerry joke about money. Uh, but it, it's that uh, look, the chance of oh, can you pick that up? Oh yeah, okay. I'm not picking that up. This is this is this is this is his sight gag that he's saying, and I'm saying that he's not Dak Prescott because Dak. Throws, Dak would have pre- picked it up, but throws the cup to the garbage can, misses it, gets up, walks away. I want you to pick it up. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's the kind of guy you are. Uh, okay, thanks for distracting me with your little sight gag. Well, it is, is you knew it was coming. I told you I was going to uh, do it. Yeah, but I There's, forgot. Okay. Uh, but but the the point point about the the Tony Romo thing is that look, uh, let's say something does happen to Dak. God forbid. Oh. Uh, and, that, and then. That's your, that's the guy who comes in and replaces him is Tony Romo. Who has a better who has a better d- a deal than that for any NFL? So team? so would you keep Tony Romo? Because yes, I know Tony Romo is the most expensive backup quarterback in the league, but Dak has got to be the cheapest starting quarterback. Right. In the so it, so it balances out. So so it balances out. If it was reverse, you're, you're paying twenty next year. I don't know twenty five million dollars to Tony. And his, his cap hit this year is twenty point eight million. And next year, I think. And that next year, I think it goes up to 20, uh, close to twenty five. I, I think. believe that's right. Okay, and so Dak probably goes up to five hundred thousand. So yes, you add them together, divide them by two, and you're paying you're paying what what you pay uh, any starting backup quarterback in the league for a or start mo- for, yeah. for a good quarterback. So yeah. I don't think it's that big a deal. Are you talking about going forward or just the rest of this year? Going forward. Oh, they, there's no way Tony Romo's the, the backup. He, he, he won't. Did you? Did no I know? I, I know you didn't see it, but I thought Boomer Siason made a pretty good point in the pregame show yesterday uh, on CBS pregame show. He said, basically, he said if Tony was a man, this is I'm paraphrasing, a mensch. Is that what you mean? Um, no, not a mensch. A man. If 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 he if he was if if he had any guts, if 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 he was a real, he he would demand to be traded right now. That's interesting. I don't know. I, I think I think if you do that kind of thing, I, I think that's, you know, everybody thinks their recipe for for something is the right thing. I think that creates all kinds of division on the team. I think the the way that Tony handled it the other day. Now listen, uh, there was some rumblings around there, there yesterday because because uh, the, the story got out. Your pen is right here. I need it. It's like a crutch. Pen. I need yeah, it in my okay. hand. Okay. Because it got out that that Tony would uh, would like to go to Denver. Right, right. So that kind of oh, does this mitigate what uh, everything you did Tuesday with your with your eloquent concession speech, and now now you're saying now you're already the week's not even over, and we're hearing that you want to go to Denver. Well, he's in a no-win situation. If if he accepted it meekly or mildly and wanted to be the backup quarterback, everybody goes, "Oh, where's the fire? Where's the old Tony Romo?" No, that's not what people were saying. Yes, no. that's what people would say. They'd say he's given up. No, everybody said well, what a what a great speech that was. He he was getting plotted across the nation for what he said. Did you think it was a great speech? Did I did. You, did, I, did. You? I did. I thought it was a great speech. What more could he say? I thought I thought when Ray Lewis, who apparently is just trying to get Shannon Sharp's job across from Skip Bayless, uh, said that I wish it had come from the heart. Well, you know, I I thought it was pretty sincere. I mean, I think he he said I think I can still play. I think I'm still he, a quarterback. Well, that's what you want to hear him say. Well, well, sure, but that's I think that's from the heart. And I, I, he, I, I can still play, but it's, it's his kid's team. You know, it's his team, and he's earned the right. I, he, did, he did not go overboard talking about Dak Prescott. He just said, it's his team now. I, I, and, he, I, and I think he was – and he's right. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, it, it, there would have been a mutiny in that locker room if Tony Romo came back and they'd say, Tony, here's your team back. A mutiny. Oh, sure there would have been. 
But but you look just because something somebody is forced to do something doesn't mean that they they can't do it well. And he did it well. And he, you you cannot criticize the way he handled that. You think he should have speech. answered questions? No, you know what? I don't have a problem with that. I, I think it. Listen, uh, it it the the players didn't want him to answer questions. You know, it, yes, Jason Witten, and you asked Dak Prescott after that game. They are ready to move on, right. and and Jason Witten does not want. It's his best friend, and he and he's ready. He all he kept saying was over and over was, it, you know, we're moving forward, we're moving forward. That's what he kept saying, you know. So so by, by Tony not taking questions, by Tony not talking after the game yesterday, these are good things these for the Cowboys. Okay. Not I mean, necessarily from up for our standpoint, but for the Cowboys standpoint, yes, it's a very good thing. So I don't have any problem with any of that, and 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 they. He needs to remain the backup quarterback and remain silent for the rest of the year and not be talking to the media. Uh, and that's the best thing for the Cowboys. And then going go, going forward uh, you know, next year, there's no way he comes back. Obviously, he's going to engineer a trade. Where's he going to go? Team. Where's he going to go? Well, Ian Rappaport, who's the one who reported this, said that uh, initially said that uh, Denver was his number one choice, and you can imagine why that would be. Yeah, sure, it would, it would be just about everybody's number one. You know, they're seven and three, I think. They're right? seven and three, and then, without they, Tony Romo, without Tony Romo, pretty good. Uh, but that worked pretty well with uh, Peyton Manning uh, last year. Yeah, it did. And plus, plus you're going to work for John Elway, right? And so that, that's that's the big appeal. That's why that's why Manning went there. And that's why Tony would want to go there because this is the guy who understands quarterbacks, right? And a veteran quarterback, and, and he would be going to play for a guy who didn't win a Super Bowl till I think he was thirty-six. Right. So you know, he's not the coach, though. He's yeah, he's, but it's his team. Okay. You know, so he's in charge. Uh, so he's the face of that franchise. So uh, I, I think that's number one. I think uh, uh, number two for me. So are the Cowboys trading him? Are they releasing him? What are they doing? Well, you know, they're making it sound like they would actually trade him, and I, I don't know. What you would expect to get, and really, you know what? It doesn't matter what you doesn't get. Doesn't matter. Well, it would be so. nice to get something back, wouldn't yeah, it? It'd be, yeah, if you get a fourth round pick, a third round pick. Or Someone yesterday, pick. and I and I watched all the pregame shows and everything, and they said the consensus of general managers is he's worth a second round pick. Really? That's that's a, he's worth a second round pick. And Bart Scott on CBS, who played for the Jets, he he had a trade. He has a trade. Already, yeah. where the Cowboys could pick up a pretty good defensive end, Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon Richardson, yeah, he's, he's pretty a good. Big defensive end. The Jets aren't. He said will not resign him. I guess it's a cap deal. Uh, if you could pick up a defensive end, a, pa- a, a, a an impact player for Tony Romo, you'd have to do it, wouldn't you? Well, you'd do it anyway. Look, here's the thing. I, I thought what they were going to end up doing was releasing him after June first cuts, wow. so they could spread the cap hit over two seasons. You're a capologist now, aren't capologist. you? Capologist. No, I just know that. I had to look that up. He looked uh, it up. But 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 look, here's the thing. Uh, it, it yes, you would like to get something for for the guy. But the thing is, it's just it's just time for him to move on and do some. And listen, uh, if he's healthy, he's he's going to be very good. Uh, how a, long will he? Of course, the question is how well, long. You, know, you don't he, know. You don't know that about any quarterback. No, though. you don't. They're all. They all get Did, hurt. You know, somebody somebody tweeted yesterday. Uh, I think it was Mac Angle of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. He took a hit. Dak took a hit, and he went off, and and the uh, trainer came over to look at him. You and, know, and he, he said, if that was Tony, that would be the end of his season. And, and and people on Twitter were going, Oh, forget you. Can't, you can't talk about it in that way because because Tony is not here, and he, basically, it's like Tony's dead. Right. Yeah, uh, and so, so, in, so, so in in my, in my column, which you didn't read uh, about the Cowboys, uh, in, I did read. Rumble. I did read your column. No, you did not. I, 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 you want to give me a quiz? Give I, me a quiz. I talked about the hit on that, and it was interesting to watch Tony's reaction because okay, okay, 
Uh, I'll tell you this, because you, I knew you were gonna. I did read your column, but I knew you'd bring it up seventeen times in, in, in the wow. 30, in thirty-five That's minutes nice. we do of this podcast, and you'll tell us what you wrote. I did read your column. Is that it? You know. Yeah, anything more? I, no, that, that's it. And, uh, did you notice Gavin Escobar had two catches yesterday? He did has to know- have two catches did- because they're they're down to like no tight ends. Jeff Swaim is on injured reserve now, and so they don't. And James Hanna was already out. Wait, wait till he becomes a got, no. potent part of this attack. And I believe you'll he, be, you'll be. Did you he, not know? Did you not know that he also missed a big block? I think he did, but you know which what? is why he can't get on the field because he, he can't block. He can't block. Okay, but he can catch. But he, he can catch. Block. He's a yeah. big kid too. Yeah, he's big. He, he, you know, he's you know what you, you can tell. Like the one of the catches he made, uh, he secures the ball really well with his hands. He, 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 you can tell this is why they liked him. You know, because he is, he does catch the ball well and he catches it with his hands. For a guy that big, what, what if he really turned? Good. What if he turned into another weapon on this team? Seriously, in, in all seriousness, you mean like Marty B? Yeah, like Marty B, who was my fantasy tight end, who did nothing for me yesterday. Nothing. He had a bad day yesterday. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You can't ever tell what the Patriots what they're going to do, but that, he's their second tight end. Well, I know, but they said Gronk. You know, I I don't know. I I, I can't even talk about that game yet. Here, here's the thing about that, you know, because that was when when Marty B was here, he always complained. Of course, they wouldn't throw him the ball. That Tony wouldn't throw him the ball, and because he's throwing it to his best friend, it's kind of hard to argue with the Hall of Fame tight end, though. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, and, and, and you know, uh, and Dak did distribute the ball pretty well. Well, that, that, that's you, what you want to get to that. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Thank it, you. What we saw yesterday or Sunday against Baltimore was the same thing we saw against the Steelers, which is up to now, uh, Dak Prescott had been very safe with with the football and very very circumspect. I mean, he, and that's why Cole Beasley was on a pace to catch about 200 passes. Because, first of all, Cole Beasley is always open, uh, or pretty much always open, uh, and he's easy to find. And he would look out there and see, uh, survey the field, and then look underneath, and here's this guy wide open. Why don't I right. just throw it to him? Correct. Right? That, and that's certainly the way to go. But at some point, teams adjust, and you have to make adjustments as well. In all, in all sports, you, you have to make adjustments as people adjust to you. And, and so what they started doing was now it's harder to get the ball to Cole Beasley. Now, he, he still had five catches for 59 yards. Something like that, something yeah. Like that, yeah. He still had a good game. That's, that's really what he should be. If he's getting five catches for 60 yards, 70 yards, something like that, then he, then he has served his purpose. Correct. Uh, then, and then that's very good. The, the big play player on this team, uh, from a wide receiver standpoint, has to be Des Bryant. Wow. And is, he was. Is, 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 that, is that something you thought of, you thought of while you're driving in today? Of course it's Des Bryant. It has to be Des Bryant. No, you were one of the ones saying you were one of the ones saying they should trade him. I didn't say they should trade him. I said he is he's an elite receiver. He's not in the top tier. Well, you're top tier though. There's there's three guys in the top tier, right? <laughs> yes. But if you ask Julio Julio Jones, one, Odell Beckham, two, and Antonio Brown. Three. I don't they're, they're in no particular order. Right. Those guys are all great. And Des is right is right there behind He's that. He's a little group. behind them. A little behind that group. But that's when you say top tier. I there's more to me than three guys. There's probably five or six guys that are top tier wide receivers. Well, it depends what your definition of tier. Well, uh, yesterday uh, the point is, uh, and even you know, Des did not have one of the catches I was really referring to either yesterday. Actually, who, who made the great best catch of the of the game yesterday? Bryce Butler. Absolutely. And uh, but that was a great throw as well. He's going it downfield. That was what a forty-one yard catch. Uh, yes, yes. A, a forty-one ca- yard catch. To Bryce Butler. That's on our, our uh, really nice notes here. Uh, a 41 yard catch to Bryce Butler. By Bryce Butler. I'm taking this. Don't. And I'm throwing it away. Stop it. Oh, you can pick it up? Yes, I'm picking it up because that's the kind of guy I am. Because you need it. Yeah. Uh, no, look, here's the thing. 
He makes that throw, uh, and when he makes that throw, Bryce Butler is not open. No. I don't remember who the DB was, but he's running, you know, step for step with him. But it's a back shoulder throw, so, you know, that that's the advantage of that play is this guy's trying to stay with him. Bryce is turning around, and, and the DB is not. He makes the, And when he turns around, the throw is right there, right there. And that's a great catch, but it's also a perfect throw. And, and that's what he'd done the week before against the Steelers as well. He was not challenging teams deep, you know. And in this game, he did it twice. He did it on that throw, and he did it on the throw to Terrence Williams, which was also a back shoulder throw. It was pass a, pretty much an identical route, uh, but it was a pass interference on the play, and they get the, and they get the big first down. But it, it's we don't know, or maybe you do know. I don't know. We don't know if he wasn't making those throws early because he didn't want to make those throws early, or the coaching staff didn't want to. Well, no, I think that's a great question, Scott, and I, and I, we don't know that. Uh, you know, from Lennon play has. to play, we don't know what they're doing. It is sometimes his adjustments he's making. He he makes very few adjustments at the line of scrimmage. You know, not certainly not anywhere near as many as Tony made. Right? You know, Tony makes one on every play. You know, kill, kill, kill. You know, and and so now we're we're doing something different here. That the point was brought up yesterday, and we were talking about it before the game. About uh, about the kind of things that Dak does and the kind of things that Tony does, and and the point was, uh, I I feel like I mean this is why I've compared in the pantheon of quarterbacks I've compared Tony more to Don Meredith than to Danny White. People want to make those comparisons. He's one of those two guys. You know, Danny White got him to a conference championship three game. times, three yeah. years in a row. Yeah. So. And, and, and Don <laughs> Meredith also got them to some championship game. But the thing about, about Meredith was that he was in love with his athletic ability, and, and he, he trusted it. You know, he, he thought, I can do this. I can fit this ball in this window. And, and, and that was really not Danny White. That is Tony Romo. Tony Romo would think, I can do this. I can make this play. I can make this happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make this happen. And it's going to be memorable. You know, it's like at the game yesterday, they show the play where he spins out of J.J. Watt's grasp, which was, you know, a tremendous play, and then immediately looks up and throws a touchdown pass. That is Romo. That's who he thinks he is. That's what I bring to the table. And it is what he brings to the table. Sometimes. But, sometimes. But my, here's my point about, about Tony Romo that's interesting. And as I'm watching that game yesterday, I'm thinking about this. The difference between Dak and Tony is that Dak just wants to do what's the most logical thing on this play. You know, uh, whereas whereas Tony's going to try something, I want to I'm going to try for something bigger than that, and I and I'm wondering, on a good because certainly for all the great things that Dak has done, he's walked into a pretty good situation, right? Oh, the, the, with the offensive line, with the running best back, offensive line in football, the running back, ma- maybe the best running back in football, best t- backup tight end in football. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to you're not going to concede that, right? No, I'm not. Okay. So so this is a pretty good thing to walk into. Okay. Oh, it's yeah, it's a it's a perfect, but he. It's a it's a little bit like, and that's why I've compared it to the 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 Cowboys of the early '90s and Troy Aikman. Now he did not walk into a great thing. They were terrible when he got there. He didn't win a game his, his uh, no. rookie season, but they, it did improve rapidly after that. And he was the perfect quarterback for that team, right? Don't we say that? Is that you know, he couldn't get out of the, of the way at all? I mean, he's a pocket passer. That's what he was. He was not going to do what Tony did and get outside the pocket and make something happen and prolong the play. He didn't have to do that. Can I interrupt you for a second? Go ahead. Because I like to interrupt. Yeah. Today is Troy Aikman's 50th birthday. Is it really? Happy birthday, Troy. Happy Troy Aikman's 50th Should birthday. Should we sing? No, but we know you're watching. He's 50. And, and, and I remember this. I think he was in the Hall of Fame at 45. Or earlier, at 40. How old was well, he? Well, he retired pretty young. And he, went in five, he, went in, he went in five years at maybe 41. At 41, he was in the Hall of Fame or whatever it was. It was it's bizarre. 
He's 50 years old, and we're well past 50. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. reveal anything. I don't think either one of them. Actually, I, I was going to say neither one of them is in a Hall of Fame. I'm actually in, in my high school Hall of Fame. You're in your high school Hall. Of Fame. I you, remember when you went. I remember when you went. But what high school is it? J. Frank Dovey, pal. You're you're in not Pas- in yours. Pasadena Dovey. Yeah, you got yeah. no chance of getting in yours, and that's because no. My high school has like has the wor- holds the world record. Bronx High School of Science, Bronx, New York, for uh, 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 Nobel. Uh, having winners. produced more Nobel Prize winners yeah. than any high school in the country, yeah, it's you crazy. Got, you were a black, the black sheep of the school. Oh my God! I was like, what? I was everybody. Okay, here's the honors, honors science courses. Here's the honor, honors math courses. Horn, you go, you go, you go. Take home ec. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, back to my point. Okay, I'm right, sorry. Is, is that, that that Troy Eggman was the perfect quarterback for that situation because they had a great offensive line. They 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 would grind down the field, right? You know, and he would throw high percentage passes, and he was so accurate that, that he didn't turn it over. Emmett didn't fumble the ball. Michael didn't fumble the ball. It was a ball control machine. Okay, so then when but when all that went south, the offensive line went south, and Emmett left, and they no longer had a running game. How effective was Troy then? Not very. Not he, was, very he was also beaten at that point in his career. He was also very beaten up. Very beaten up, no question about it. But he, but he was not very effective on no. those teams at that point. And then he retired at a very young age, at thirty-two. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, okay, so he retired at thirty-two. Then he was in the Hall of Fame at thirty-seven. Yeah. Where you could have saved me. Nah, before. I didn't want to. So, uh, no, so, so save me. So look, it's the same. So look, then then uh, then Tony Romo comes along, and yeah. these teams are terrible that he's on, right? Terrible teams. And so he's running for his life out there. He's making plays. He's making things happen. That's that's what you got to have if you're on a bad team as a as a quarterback like like Tony Romo. Absolutely, because he makes play. Now, now, of course, all anybody remembers is is the place he screws up at the end of the game. Right? right. He gets them into a position where they can they can win a game, and then he throws an interception, and then oh, everybody's crazy. He, he, they don't even get in that position if they don't have Tony Romo. Also, when he dropped the uh, yeah, when he dropped the extra point, the extra point snap. Yeah. Uh, that was the field goal snap. The field goal snap. Field goal snap. Yeah, he field goal snap against, against Seattle. Seattle and, yeah. yeah, and that was the start of all of it. But but my point is is that so now you've gone back to the quarterback who's the safe quarterback who's the guy who you know he now he's not he's much more athletic than Troy was he is going to get outside the pocket he is going to extend the play but he's but in his mindset he's very conservative he wants to do the high percentage play uh, all the time uh, and he wants to do what's going to fit. And that, and of course, that made us wonder how does Dez fit into that then? Because as we've noted before, Dez is not the kind of guy when he runs a route he's wide open. You know, you 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 throw the ball to him to let him make a play. You know, you put it up because because Tony was always willing to put the ball up for for Dez to make it, let him out jump the guy, right. out fight the guy. He's going to come down with it. And 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 of course, that's what uh, that's what Dez is doing, or that's what uh, Dak is doing now. Uh, we saw that on the on the touchdown pass yesterday. He's not wide open. But he, he he catches the ball and fights it uh, and takes it away from the DB. And can I, can I give you another piece of minutia trivia? That yeah, that, go ahead. You know, Who's, whose birthday is this now? No, it's nobody's birthday. But I was talking to Dan Fouts last week, and Dan Fouts name uh, dropper. See, well, why is it okay for you to bring up stuff like that? But when I'm bringing up, it's like, oh my gosh, and I, a big I, eye I, roll, a big eye roll. Oh my gosh, look at him. Oh my god. Okay, gosh. I was talking to Dan Fouts last week, and of course, with, with the Chargers, if you read my column last, no, week, I didn't read. It. I know you didn't. Uh, Fouts. I was working the, all day the, Saturday. The, the quarterback. It was online Friday. We're, we're, but but anyway, the quarterback Fouts replaced in San Diego was who who started the season? Johnny U. Johnny Unitas, which I th- I thought it was fascinating. Of course, Johnny Unitas was forty years old, and and he 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 was it was time for him to retire. But Fouts told me that Johnny Unitas 
how great he kept going on and on and on how great Johnny Unitas was. Of course, we know this. He said Unitas invented, or he was the first to do timing passes. Yes, that's did you know correct. that? Yes, I did know. You that. knew that? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Now that was a deal with him and Raymond Barry. You don't know that story? No, tell me. They used, to, and I don't know. This it sounds apocryphal, but supposedly they they blindfolded both of them. Really? And then he threw a pass and he caught it. Wow, Raymond Barry of SMU. Raymond Barry of SMU, yeah, in Texas. Wow, you know, the old Texas boy, Paris, Texas. Yeah, they, they, they were. Yeah, they were phenomenal. That was that was why I they, didn't. I didn't. I never heard this. Raymond Barry was one of those players that was more successful in college than he was. I mean, in the pros than he was in college. In college, he was a nice receiver at SMU. He probably had a little better quarterback too. Well, I think that was part of it. That yeah. was the deal. Is that that's what they were that that's why they were so successful because they had such great chemistry. Which brings us back to Dak Prescott. Yeah. It looks like he he has the potential. Obviously, he's well on the way to be a better quarterback in the pros than he was in college. Well, it depends. People he's will tell surrounded you, by more talent. You know, we, we, what we need to do is go back and look and see how many of those Mississippi State players were drafted. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, and there are people who will say, and we, we've seen say this, that when Mississippi State was ranked number one in the country, uh, I think that was his junior year, maybe, uh, or sophomore yeah, think, year. Yeah, uh, sophomore year. I think. Uh, was the because uh, he, he didn't he, yeah, he have a senior didn't have a senior. Uh, so uh, anyway, he that that was an unbelievable monumental feat that he got that team to number one. Right. So. Um, he, the funny thing is, is that I heard from more Mississippi State people after the Cowboys drafted him. I remember writing that, you know, this was fourth, fourth round pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. You know, that was good, you know, to get get a quarterback like this in the fourth round. Yeah. Were you in favor of them drafting a quarterback? Yeah, I was. I'm always in favor yeah. of that. Uh, now, uh, so going forward uh, with the Cowboys record, we, we said here, I, I said they would lose two more games. Uh, well, let me I'm ask you this. Well, I, I want to go back to something you said. Would you be in favor of the Cowboys drafting if Tony Romo leaves? Yeah, right. Tony Romo's gone. He's in Denver. He's in New York. He's somewhere. The back. You'd be happy. You'd be content to have Mark Sanchez as, as the backup, or do you think they should go out and look for a ba- another backup quarterback, or or and draft another rookie, draft another uh, quarterback? Well, you're only going to draft rookies. Yes, draft another quarterback. Uh, no, I don't. Th- I don't think it's important. Now. I mean, listen. Here's the deal. I I look at it as a quarterback as an asset. If you draft it, let let's say it's the fourth round again, and uh, and some quarterback uh, in the draft has fallen to the fourth round, right? Uh, and he's really good. Then okay, go ahead and take him because then you take him and you keep him for a couple of years, trade him, and then you trade him, and then maybe you get a second round pick for him or a first round. That's that's on a, that's what Jerry's never understood. That's what Ron Wolf always did at Green Bay was that he drafted quarterbacks almost every year, and he would draft them, and then eventually he would end up trading these guys for picks that were much better than the picks that they get. Right, right. And, and, and of course, the Cowboys' excuse is, that, oh, we don't want to take all the effort to develop somebody then have somebody else reap that benefit. Well, not if you trade them, you know. So I, I think that that's a foolish thing to do. But, no, uh, I think if you've got a uh, – if you're going to have a second-year uh, quarterback as your starting quarterback – I'd like to have a veteran guy there. Well, I have a veteran guy, but as a second, as, as a second, so as a third. The third. I, yeah, I don't mind that. I, I don't mind them taking a court. But look, you, the way you do a draft, especially uh, as a team that like the Cowboys are going to be, although they really need to draft some defensive players, uh, is that uh, you take the best guys. That, that, and that's what we talked about last week, right? Look at this draft. You know, once again, it shows up on what a great draft it was. Uh, yeah. Besides, besides Dak and Zeke. 
Malik Collins had another good game. Anthony uh, Brown had another good game. He'd You're not, high on him, aren't very you? High. A sixth-round pick to go in and play like he's playing yeah. and play with the confidence that That's he's playing need. That's what you need to be the team the Cowboys are this season. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's another thing we pointed out last week was was drafts. If you look at, you know, the Cowboys of the 70s, why were they so great? Well, because of their 70 draft and their 75 draft. They got a lot of players in those two drafts. And why were the Cowboys of the early 90s good? Because of the, the, the Herschel Walker trade. The Herschel Walker trade and the and the drafts they had after oh, that. Which brought, it, which brought in all the picks. And Jimmy, go, Jimmy Johnson would go, he'd have like three second-round picks, and if one of them panned out and two didn't pan out, that he was didn't fine. Care. He didn't That was fine. Yeah, that was, I thought that was one of the geniuses of Jimmy, frankly, was that remember how he couldn't keep a third-round draft pick. Right. But he kept getting rid of them. If you can't play, you can't play. And I, I admired that about him. It's like, cause but if that was in the pre-cap world, too, let's, let's point out. True. You can different, just sign different world. It's a different world now. But that's, a, but that's the thing. You, any team, I, I promise you, you look at any team and why is this team doing well? Because they're drafting well. Absolutely. Uh, and, in this, and, and so now the Cowboys are in a position where, frankly, there's not a lot of uh, opposition in front of them. In the, not in the NFC. You know, I'm, I'm still, I'd still be a little worried because I watch the Giants play week in, week out, and I go, this team's got nothing, right, compared to the Cowboys. they got uh, Beckham Jr. And, and well, Eli. Eli is – you watch Eli. He looks like a deer in the headlights. In the headlights. Always, when, you know, it looks it, like somebody stole his lunch he'll, he'll, th- he'll throw an interception at a time. They're seven and three. Yeah, the Cowboys have to go there and play them. Yes, that'll be a tough. And I'm putting that down as a loss. Okay, so I, I, I'm putting I, down Philly. I, as a I loss. know it's not rational to think this way, but that's the way I think. I think I'd be very, very afraid of the New York Giants at this point. I, I and I'm sure everybody in New York is who listens to this podcast. Is probably Gary Myers, and that's probably it. They're they're going. He's crazy. No, he, listen, teams are teams are dangerous with good quarterbacks. And 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 the thing about Eli is, is that whether you think he's good or not, he's got two Super Bowl wins. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, he's got two he's Super Bowl wins. And and you know, here's the thing about Eli, he's a, he's great in the two minute offense. He is, and yeah. and he he throws a great deep ball. He he loves to go downfield. Uh, he can go down field with the best of them. And those are those are areas that the Cowboys are vulnerable. You know, we're 36 minutes in. Doug, our producer, is yawning over there. Doug's yawning again? He is. You, you yawn. Don't deny yawning. Oh, my you, gosh. You, you just yawn. Maybe, maybe, and, and I think we've covered just about everything. I don't, we, we, we did not cover the uh, Rolando McClain. He's not coming now. He's not coming back. Why isn't he not coming back, Kevin? More, more drug problems with Rolando Is that McClain. shocking? Yeah. Are you shocked? No, are, are I'm you, not shocked. Is this like the scene in uh, Casablanca? Listen, here's the thing, though. I, there was no way he was coming back. You could tell by the way the Cowboys talked about that uh, is that Listen, this team. Why? Why bring? Why would you bring him back? Why? To me, it's like it's not this quite the same as bringing back Greg Hardy, but it is the same thing. That's one of the big problems of last year was not just that Tony Romo was hurt; it was just the atmosphere in that locker room. Yeah. Well, that, why? They, why mess with the delicate the chemistry? Why? I, I wouldn't mess with it. And that's why, to me, uh, they need to cut. Which is why this. Po- too. Which is why this podcast has been so smooth because chem- the chemistry this week unbelievable without Evan Grant. Unbelievable without Evan Grant sitting yeah. in the. Of course, we were not able to respond to any of the Facebook Live questions because neither you nor I know how to get on Facebook Live. Oh, that's really, really good. But you're the one with the iPad. I have the iPad. Okay, here's my iPad. Get us on Get us on Facebook Live. No, I, I'm, I'm busy uh, clocking us out of here. Oh, I have a physical next Monday. <laughs> I do. At 10.15 a.m., November 28th. I don't think I'll be here. I think you're, you're going to fail I'm not, your I'm physical, not, by I'm the not, way. I'm not going to be here. I better go cancel it. You're going to fail your physical. 
Uh, my doctor cheats. He passes me every, every time. Yeah. It's unbelievable. My doctor is now your doctor. That is by true. Dr. Greg Paul. And Evan Grant's doctor. Yes, he, he is the do- he's the official doctor of the Ballsy Podcast. We should we should get him to pony up some money to uh for that advertising. For a big sign back here. I like that idea. That's good. I know him. He won't do it. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's been great, and we appreciate y'all coming and seeing us on Facebook Live. Doug, take us out of here. We're sorry. We're really sorry we couldn't answer any of your questions. Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you. Hello, everybody. Welcome into our Mavericks podcast. This is our this is our launch of our Mavs podcast. Well, we've done a couple before. We've had uh, Mark Followell on several times. We voice TV voice of the Mavericks. We've had Donnie Nelson on. We have the GM. No, but I mean of this season. Of the season, yeah. We've not done one for for this season. Yeah, but here here's the deal. Why do we have to do a, a, a podcast on a two and ten team headed nowhere? Wow, what a negative attitude you have about this fine team. A two and ten team with the uh, this is Monday. The Spurs, the Clippers, and the Cavaliers coming up. So what do you think they're going to be at the end of this week? Two and thirteen. Two and thirteen. You think? Yeah, I'm thinking that's pretty good. Even if Dirk comes back at the end of the week, you know, we we keep hearing from people that uh, oh the the Mavericks are just tank. Well, I think they're tanking naturally. Yeah, it's it's a natural tank. You know, Which I, is the best I, I tweeted last week the Mavericks should tank, and everybody and thousands of people responded. They don't have to try to tank. This team could very well tank on its own. Uh, Brown, are you adjusting his uh, modulation levels there when he screams into the microphone like that? <laughs> Holy cow! Can you just kind of take it easy and not scream oh my into gosh. the microphone? Yes, mom. Thank you. Thank you very much. Use your inside voice. Um, yeah, here's the thing. This is a team uh, made up of old players uh, and old brittle players. Old brittle players, and you got you got Dirk. You got Wes Matthews is not an old player, but you know his he's his well he's back, but uh, but uh, unfortunately his shot is not back. Uh, he has still not got his shot, and this team cannot score points. They scored sixty four points in a game last week. They had a, they had a hustle. Right, or they, they had to hustle, they had a scramble not to have it to avoid low. the all-time low, and it made a last-second shot to do that. That is embarrassing that your team cannot score sixty-five points in four. Well, quarters. let me let me ask you this: Is this a good thing to finally be on the road to rock bottom, rather than them, you know, being two games under five hundred all season or two games above five hundred all season, limp into the playoffs, seventh spot, eighth spot? And then uh, immediately exit in the first round. Isn't isn't in the great scheme of things, in the Sherrington scheme of things, isn't this better? Not necessarily. Oh. Here's why it's not necessarily because it's only good if you get in the lottery and get a good player, right? Well, they'll be in the lottery. Yeah, I mean, if they're not in the playoffs, they're in the lottery, right? No, no. Well, I'm yeah, but you you, you, you were just, no, you were just saying that if they uh, to get in the first round of the playoffs and get and ejected it, after eliminated. that, you know. That's not. It's not better to miss the playoffs if you don't get a great player in the draft. A oh, great player in the draft. Okay, 
So which one of the or, or, of the seventeen good. which one of the seventeen year old high school the high school seniors who are all listed as the top picks in the draft yeah will, will work out? Here, I'm looking at a mock draft here, right, for the NBA mock draft next spring, uh, next summer, and uh, on this mock draft, I'm looking down the list here. Uh, starting with, uh, they have Josh Jackson of Kansas, Alonzo Ball of UCLA, Markel Fultz of Washington, a point guard. I'd like to see him take a point guard myself. Uh, Dennis Smith of North Carolina State, Harry Giles of Duke, uh, De'Aaron Fox of Kentucky. Um, and then there's a guy from France. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. He is the first player of those one, two, three, four, five, six who is not a freshman. Oh, freshman, yeah, yeah, and then after and after the the Frenchman, we've got two more freshmen, and then we got two sophomores: Ivan Rab of Cal and Edmund Summer Sumner of uh, Xavier. Right? Xavier, That's I knew correct. that. I knew that name. That's very good for you. Two sophomores, and then Grayson Allen comes in down there uh, from Duke. Uh, Grayson Allen is one of those kind of guys that uh, that that people know because he's been around and he's been obnoxious and he's made everybody mad in college basketball. Uh, but here's the problem uh, with these guys. We're making judgments, or these these uh, uh, mock drafts are making judgments on these freshmen based on what they did in high school. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, high school. So <laughs> and so now that's the thing. Okay, so you tank, or, you know, or if it's a natural tank with what the, what the Mavericks are doing, uh, and then you get into the lottery, and then you're basing it on what a guy is done basically on high school and in one year of college basketball. Yeah, and and of course, uh, knowing mad scientist Donnie Nelson, uh, who's whose who's, who's laboratory is probably over in Europe somewhere, maybe in Transylvania. But he hasn't done who, very who, much of that, though. You know, not not recently. They've they've relied more in the draft on on American born but, players. But they have they haven't had this this. This fantasy, fantasy top pick. I got to tell you, I'm I'm just as good at taking an international player. If you look and see what uh, what uh, San Antonio has done with international players, and of course, uh, you know the Mavericks have a little bit of success with that 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 big German. So uh, you know, I, I think at least the international players are probably a little more well rounded uh, than the than the American born freshmen anyway. Um, and and th- th- that's the thing for me. No matter who the Mavericks take in this draft, uh, if if they've got the first pick, I, I'm not sure there's a there's not a ben, there's not a Ben Simmons out there. You know, people are saying that that Fultz might be the best player of this draft, and you know we'll see what happens. A lot's going to change over the course of this season, um, and, but it's not going to be an immediate turnaround. No, no, the <laughs> there, there's no. there's no quick fix, no elixir. Out there, that's not the way. That's not the way the game is. Well, and there's not that kind of player out there. There, there might be if one of these guys had played until his junior year, you know. Yeah. But but not for not for freshmen. So to me, the bigger question for the Mavericks uh, free agency going forward. Yeah, it's, it's obviously free agency, and th- and that's what you see. So they would have what if they finish in the if they made the playoffs this year, they'd still be able to sign somebody free agency because they're in very good uh, financial terms and cap space. They're very good. To me, the big question is: Does Dirk come back next year? Will he play next year, or does he come back to the Mavericks next year? Is, I, I'd like to clarify that. Oh no, he's not leaving. He, he won't go anywhere now. Now that he's got, uh, now that he's got three kids, uh, just had his third, third child, uh, he'll he'll stay here in Dallas. But my my question is, is that you know he's signed for for two years, this year and next year. Uh, but the question for me would be, and, I, and this was asked, somebody asked this on a chat 
recently, and I said, well, I think Dirk being the team guy that he is, he'll come back for next year. Now I'm beginning to wonder if these uh, injury problems continue, if it becomes more and more difficult for him to come back, uh, will he Will he stay? Would he slide down to how far is San Antonio? I know how far it is. It's 300 miles straight south. Yeah. You drive there all the time. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, is that close? Is that near enough? Or is Houston near enough? No, I don't. There's no. Oklahoma City near enough? Oklahoma City? Listen, you're, you're, I guess, I think you're assuming that the reason he would leave is because the team stinks. Is that what you're saying? Yes. No, I'm 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 saying. That I mean, the team doesn't stink. The team is at at at, in, at the Nader at the depths at, at, at as bad wow, as it could be. The Nader, I like it when you do the Ralph Nader. Uh, the, the reason that that they're when we, when we discussed the possibility of Dirk leaving, it was because he did not want to be for, for something that they broke down. You know, where they just cashed in and said, "Listen, we're going to go with all young guys, and Justin Anderson is going to play every night." and and uh, we're going to see where these guys take us. That's not what the Mavericks did, right? I mean, they went out and spent some money on Harrison Barnes, who, you know, has been terrific. They almost had to spend the money. It would be embarrassing. I mean, they had to spend. Oh, yeah, had to spend it. No no question about it. But let's, let's say they got lucky with that, too. Harrison Barnes has been a lot better than they thought he was going to be. Yes. But, again, we, we have to. We, at, least, we, at least initially. Until now. And we yes. have, but you have to wait and see. How good will Harris? There's, it's, there's a difference between putting up stats and putting up numbers, which he's done, and he's he's been a tremendous. I, I know what surprise. you're saying. Somebody's got to score these points. Right. It might as well be him. I, I think there are two things that the, the benefits of of Dirk being out um, is that well, for one thing, there's no sense rushing this guy. Let him get healthy and and be ready to play. Uh, in, you know, after Christmas, that that's and that's when you want to see him play anyway. Is in in the back half of the season towards the playoffs if they were going to make it. You, you know what the best thing going for the Mavericks is right now? Can I can I finish my? Thought oh, I thought I'm sorry. You I apologize. Do this? I apologize. Golly! And secondly, that Harrison Barnes is finally not finally. I mean, he had, he had a terrible preseason, but but early on he was very deferential to Dirk. Now he doesn't have to do that. You know, now now he realizes I'm the number one option. Ball goes through me first, and and so this is a good thing. This is what it should be. Now everybody is saying, okay, he is the heir apparent to Dirk. I, I don't know. That you, I don't know that you say that. I don't know if you'd want to be the. Well, I mean, be look, labeled that. Well, yeah, because look, he's not Dirk Nowitzki. No, nope. not Dirk in his prime. Uh, you know, he's a very nice player. I think he's a very nice part. And and, and if that if that's what the, if that's what they have to start with going forward, then that's good. Uh, then they then they then they hit a home run this year because frankly, I didn't think they'd be very good anyway. I thought they'd be a fringe playoff team even if everything worked out well. But if you found a guy in the first year of his contract who's 24 years old and find out that he's a player, that he's either a, on, a, on a good team, he's either a one yeah, or a two, absolutely. then you've, you've hit a home run with that. Yeah, I don't think it'll be the, a one. Uh, I'd, be no. happy, I'd be happy. I'd be happy. The two? Yeah. I'd be ecstatic well, if he was a two. Well, if you go happy out, if he was a solid, a solid, solid three. But we, we, you know, if he goes out and gets a – so you're saying they got to go out and get a big free agent. But here's the deal. Yeah. When Dirk was healthy, you got that microphone where you no. Wanted? When Dirk was healthy and young, or younger, they couldn't sign a quality free agent, a big name free agent to come in here. Who is going to want to come to Dallas, Texas, to play with this team? Well, not well. The thing, the reason for Dirk was is because he was younger, but he was not young. No, he was younger, yeah, and but healthier, he was, but he was, but, still and, old. and nobody wanted to come. Maybe he was, he was still old. Right, right. So now, who's going to want to come? What big name impact free agent is going to want to come? No, you're, you're you're still another what year away from that, I think. A year? 
maybe more because well, you, you got what you got to do is you got to add too. You you want to say they who wants to come and play with Harrison Barnes? Is, is that what you're going to say? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. You got to add one more. You got to add somebody to Harrison Barnes, and then you and then you probably and if if you hit on that one, then you might be able to get a free agent. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys going floating around and a lot of money. You, the difference is is that you you have seen a different mindset in the NBA now, as in all sports, is that people just want to go where the winners are. Is yeah. Is, is your mate, Andrew Bogut, he's a free agent after this year. He'll be gone, right? He'll be gone. They won't bring him back. So, I, I You mean, know, there's a possibility, of course, we, we kept hearing the rumors about, you know, that they would go after uh, DeMarcus Cousins, that they would put together some kind of deal to get him this year. And they're going to put together what deal to get him? That that first pick would have to be in the deal. Sure. Uh, who, yeah. what, what else? You know what? I'd uh, I'd had to look look up and see how old Demarcus Cousins is. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, you're so good at giving directions. Well, it's you, unbelievable. You, you've been going through here, checking your emails, checking your Facebook, checking your four hundred one k. My house is my my fa- my ha- oh, how's the stock market doing today? Oh my! My God. house is falling apart, my friend. Demarcus Cousins is how old? He is dun, 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 from Mobile, Alabama. He was born in Mobile, Alabama. Just tell he us is how old he is. 26 right now. Okay, I said 27. So he's 26. I'd rather have DeMarcus Cousins than anybody in this upcoming draft. And I think anybody else would, too. I'm sorry, yeah. He's that, a, puts you, that puts you in the vast majority yeah, he's of, a, of thinking people. He's one of the premier young centers in the league. So so that, that would be a, a huge move. You know what? You might have to. It, what else you got? What else you got? Day, to you, you, might have to, you might have to put DeMarcus. You may have to put Harrison Barnes in that trade. Okay, so now now you're having DeMarcus Cousins come here and play with whom? Yeah, he's not playing with anybody. This is the problem. That, that so, so earlier you were saying, oh, they need to tank. They need to do this. They need to do that. You said it was, it's the only way to go. But you're, now, you're, now you're spelling out why. I don't know what they should do. Uh, you, yeah, well, the, no, they, that, that's why you can't tank. You, but with this team, you let, it take, you let nature take its course. And and the, and what nature is taking the course of is that these guys are all hurt all the time, and and you need to be playing the young guys anyway. Uh, it, it's actually to me working out probably about as well as it could. I think it's working out. This is this is this two, is two and ten. Well, listen, I I think they do need to get uh, some some additions through the draft, and you got a better chance. The higher you're picking, the better chance of getting somebody who can play. Uh, and you're going to play your younger guys this year. You're going to play. Of course, Harrison Barnes was going to play anyway, but you're going to play Justin Anderson. You're going to play, you know, uh, you know Seth Curry. You're going to see if any of these guys have any value whatsoever. Uh, instead of instead of leaning on Darren Williams, instead of leaning on Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, and now I think to me the biggest disappointment is Wes Matthews, is that here was a guy you were counting on going forward, and his shot has not come back. No. You know, and and that's – you know, he was kind of a three and D guy. That's what that's what they signed him for. And he's and he's got the D, and he's a and he's a terrific leader, and he's great in the locker room and all that. He's got everything you want except a shot. Yeah, which is yeah, pretty pretty, pretty important, important when you're playing basketball. Yeah, so yeah. that's the thing. This team just cannot score. They are terrible offensively. Uh, and it's just mind numbing. Now they are much better defensively. So so let's go back and look at the if we're going to look at at things that are are at least maybe an upgrade. Uh, do you consider the that it was a trade essentially, uh, uh, Chandler Parsons for Harrison Barnes? Absolutely. And there was you, a possibility. Chandler Parsons is hurt again, by the he way. He is hurt away. Well, he's always hurt. But there, there was a very good story by our old pal Tim McMahon uh, on the. Uh, did you read that? Yes, I did. And it was very good. Uh, talking about the relationship between Mark Cuban and Chandler Parsons right. and about how the bromance fell apart. 
um, and uh, uh, and I think and I, and I and this is what I I said about the other day uh, that to me this is the danger of falling in love with the wrong player, right? Uh, an owner falling in love with the wrong player. It's one thing if you fall in love with Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, yes, and then you do whatever he wants. I mean, there was a lot of talk back when. Uh, uh, the Avery uh, Johnson era when they got to the end of that, that Dirk wanted him out. Right. And I remember Dirk took some criticism from some people in the media, not from me. I was all for him getting rid did of Did you write a column on that that you can refer reference? I probably Russell? did. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, as you know, a while ago, oh, I talked to Dan Fouts. It's okay for you to say it, but it's not okay for me to, re- to reference something that I did. Th- that's Why is that? B- because I'm timely and uh, lively, and you're just old. You are not. You are neither timely or lively. Uh, I'm, re- lively. I'm relevant. I'm, the people I talk to are relevant. You're about as lively as a rock. Oh my God, Avery Johnson. It was time for him to go, and and Dirk probably did nudge that a little bit. So I didn't have a problem with that. Uh, but if you're, but when Chandler Parsons says the things that he says, you know, then he's talking about players being. Uh, Oh, they were jealous of me, you know, in Dallas. Well, no, people weren't jealous of you in Dallas. People just thought, who the heck is this guy? And why does he have the ear of the owner? You know, he, he's got no skins on the wall. Zero. You know, he hasn't done anything in the league, and he's got some potential to be a good player. But you look at his plus minus when he's on the floor. Not good. Oh, my gosh. He's a terrible defensive player. Terrible. Yes, he has some offensive skills. And, yes, at the end of last year, he started to show up to be the player they thought he was going to be. But I, I just think that it's hard to build around the guy. Like well, i ask you this question. If he were on the team right now, would the team be any different? Yeah. Would the be. record be different? Well, no, because he's not playing. Right. But, but, but my point, but, but I want to say about him is that he said that I would have signed for less. Right. And they could have gotten Harrison Barnes, too. Right. That's what he says. That's what Chandler Parsons said. And, and you know, and maybe, then, and maybe then that's would there true. Be a, would there have been any money for anybody else? Well, you know, I don't know. You wouldn't need any money for anybody else on this team, <sighs> not on this team. But but I will say, but this, going down, going forward, there were people in that locker room and people in that front office who did not want Chandler Parsons back. Yeah, because it, because of because of his knees, for one thing. That that was the main thing. They felt like that this guy's got bad knees. Why invest in that? It's a it's already been a problem, and it's it's a continuing problem. It's a problem again this year. And I think there was a feeling that it's his other knee, though. You know that right now. Yeah, that he's, he's hurt his other. It's knee. always something. Uh, it, it, the other part of all that is that he is not a uh, not the kind of player you want to build around. He's you know it's hard to. There's never going to be another Dirk Nowitzki. No, you know there's never. Well, there, 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 never say never. Well, there will be one. Not in this we, market. No, maybe not. No, yeah, not in this market. You, you're, you're not going to get. It. First of all, he's a great guy. You know, and and secondly, he was a great player. So it's an unbelievable combination to get both of those things in one player. Now, I will say this about Harrison Barnes, and this was what Andrew Bogut said about him. This is what turned me around on Harrison Barnes, was that um, you know, at the Olympics, he was he couldn't get on the floor. You know, Coach K was not going to play him, and people were saying bad things about him, and it just looked awful. And then he comes into the preseason, and he's just terrible. He, he's shooting twenty percent from the field. He's just terrible. And what Andrew Bogus says, well, I like him because he's such a hard worker. He's a hard worker, yeah. He's, he's, he's the first one to practice, the last, last one out the leave. door. And, and what a great thing to, to say about a guy. I mean, that has to make you feel really good. Because, well, first well, of all, he's just 24 years well, old. Well, not only that, I mean, I could see why he would be that when he was with the Warriors. You know, he, he was a nobody, basically, on that team. But now he's got all that money. Yeah. And, uh, and, he's still he's got, and he's still a hard worker, which I think, you know. That should make you feel really I, you good. You know what I bet? I bet if he's ever sitting on the Maverick bench and he tosses a cup, 
and he misses the, the trash can. He's the kind of guy who will get up. You, you are taking this way too far. No, this, he will. He's the kind of guy who will get up and throw it away. Have you seen? him again. Have Have you seen that Dak Prescott? I don't know what is it a vine, a meme, a, a, a it's gif. A, it's, I think it's a meme. I, I don't know what it is. That's uh, gone viral. And that's that's just, that's what's wrong with this world, right? We make it such a big deal about a guy picking up a cup. You would have got a promotion today had you taken that video. And yeah, no kidding. Probably so. But the the point about about, uh, about Harrison Barnes is that he he does seem like the kind of guy you can build around. He he is a good player. He's young. He's just twenty four. He's playing very well right now. He's a very hard worker. Don't These forget are all good things. You know what he was when he was a high school senior? What number one recruit in the country? Yes. Yeah. So 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 he's the kind of guy you're looking at now. Uh, when we were talking about the draft, uh, that that you would have to guess on how how will he how will he turn out. Well, and that was the thing. Now he went to the perfect uh, storm, right? He was in Golden State with a great team. He was just a, he could be a role player on that team, and people were kind of making fun of him for that. Uh, so uh, anyway, I, it looks like we are out of time. We're going to have to go to our. Uh, we, we've got a, a guy wedding to do our college podcast. What would we talk about on a college podcast? What's there's nothing going on in college football now in the state of Texas, is there? No, no, nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. The worst, it is, I'll say this, though. This is a teaser for you. This is the worst football in the state of Texas that I can remember. Uh, college football. College the football. NFL football is pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good, but yeah, the college football is at an all-time low as far as I can Well, say. look at it this way. All the state high school champions in Texas will be from Texas. What the heck is that supposed well, to be? Well, at, at least in high schools, Texas will prevail. Okay, thanks. Thanks for that. All right, that's it, everybody. Thanks for coming. Brian, take us out of here, would you? What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters one time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Baldy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know, we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the College Ballsy with a Z podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Boy, that was really loud, Brian. You're going to turn down my uh, – uh, modulate that, would you? I like to say modulate. That's, that's your word of the day. You've used it 30 it times a, already today. It, it, I'm Kevin Sherrington. He's Barry Horn, and there's no Evan Grant. Why is there no Evan Grant? There'll be no tenseness in, at the podcast today because Evan uh, – Decided to go to Las Vegas to, to take a uh, quick four-day. He was day, on vacation. A quick four-day trip to Las Vegas with his wife and stepdaughter, and stepdaughter to Las Vegas because things were very tense. In- oh, he's had he's, it just been unbelievable. And, and let me ask you this: Have you ever done the podcast on your vacation? Uh, all the time. Yeah, me too. Me too. But not not Evan though. 
Well, let, let's move on. Let, let's move into something positive. The firing of uh, Wow, Charlie, Charlie Strong. No, there hasn't it's been. It's not positive. There has been no. Yes, that's not positive. The inevitable firing of and Charlie Strong. There's been no uh, firing it yet. Inevitable. It but by inevitable. the time most people listen to this, what we, the, what we hear from Mike Perrin, the interim athletic director at Texas. I keep calling the, calling him the interim uh, because he's not in it long term. He's in it for a couple more years. Right. But. At any rate, he has said that, oh, no, we'll make a decision on Charlie after the season. And I've, and I've heard people say this, and I think it's, uh, I think it's inaccurate. They, they say, oh, you can't leave Charlie twisting in the wind like that if you, if you fire him. Listen, here's what you say to Charlie Strong. Charlie, we're moving on. Uh, we want you to coach this last game against TCU. We're not going to make an announcement until next week, but we're moving on. I think that's the kindest thing to do at this point. I, I think, you know what? Just, just, just from hearing him and watching him, he. This is not going to be shocking news to him. Oh no, losing to Kansas when the question was asked, "What does this mean for your future?" He says, "I, I don't know," but he had his he head down. Know. He did know. Oh, sure, he know. And, and you know, that's the thing about Charlie. Uh, you know, when I say he's a nice guy, people say, "Oh, well, he's a nice guy, but he's not a good coach." No, he he is a good defensive coach, and he has been a good coach. Uh, he's more than a nice guy. He's a guy who deals with his players in an honorable fashion. Who I believe, uh, as, as I as I've written, he was the <laughs> he was the right man for the job. Right, just maybe not the right coach. What went What went wrong? You know, I, I we people that I talked to before they hired him, the things that they said about him were the things that in the end got him uh, that maybe he just wasn't ready for this stage it was a little too big for him and and you know that's that's true of a lot of coaches and maybe most coaches 90 percent of them uh maybe not be ready for what what the job entails at texas uh a lot of the things that mac brown did so well those were not uh things that charlie did as well but in the end what it just comes down to is what happens on the field what transpires on the field and when you watch them play um they just, to me, you watch them, and there was always something that was going to go wrong. If it's not the special teams, it's it's a breakdown in, in on the defense. If it's not a breakdown on the defense, it's a breakdown on the offense. There was never a game in the three phases of the game that Jason Thank Garrett you, likes Jason to talk Garrett. about. Yeah. Uh, usually it was at least two of them went wrong, not just one that would go wrong with two. i never seen a team struggle so much to, to kick field goals and extra points. Oh, my gosh. They, it's, they embar- just, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing, and to me – that's a real sign of coaching. Look, you, you've got all your best players on defense and offense, and then your special teams, you've got a few great players on there, but mostly it's everybody else, right? And so you're not beating teams with uh, your skill level on special teams. You're just executing things because this is how you're coaching them up. And when you're not coaching up these guys enough to, to keep them from getting, you know, Kicks blocked. Working in the one game this season, they had I think was it Oklahoma State was it the Oklahoma State game. Might have been that. Well, they had three games, and Charlie said, three "Well, extra we, point, yeah. they had." Well, his explanation was we had a mismatch there because our center is real undersized. Well, oh, then if you know that, why is he? Why, why is, is he? Your, why is he your center? And and why if you see that they have done this, aren't why aren't you making an adjustment? You know, one of the most disconcerting numbers I saw for Charlie was that they are in his tenure at Texas. One and seventeen in games they were losing at halftime. One and seventeen. That means they're not making the right the adjustments. right adjustments, or if they're making their adjustments aren't as good as the adjustments that are being made. Yes, and and that and that's room. just that's just very telling. And and uh, so, 
you know, uh, it, it is the, the, the problems I have with Charlie losing his job. It's the same problem they have with anybody who's not losing his job for moral or ethical reasons. It, and he's certainly not losing it for oh, that. Oh, no, no, no. And, and he's just the opposite of that. He, if you listen to the players talk about how he's made them all better men, those are all very – these are the things that people should aspire to as, as far as hiring a head coach. That, that's what people talk about when they hire a head coach. And, and, but what, here's what people want when they hire a head well, coach. Well, they want to win. They want to win on Saturday. A- absolutely. But, but here's the thing. I, I do think – listen, I remember I, I, I wrote this or said it once, and someone – said, oh, all coaches are against, you know, domestic violence. And it's like, yeah, everybody's against it. But but Charlie was a, was one of the few coaches who made a big deal about it with yeah. his players. Yeah. And and I and I think it, and that translates. We, did, we didn't see a lot of stories about Texas players. Getting no. It, it, and, it, and he got rid of a lot of guys. And I'm not saying that these were bad guys that he got rid of, but he, he got rid of a lot of guys who just weren't on board with what he wanted they to didn't, do. They didn't want to be on his discipline uh, right. under, under his uh, – Watch. So, so the problems I have with it are the fact that uh, that he, this was just his third year. I would like to have seen Charlie get four years. Okay, so let's say he he was coming back next year. They had beaten Kansas. They finished right. They, they were bowl eligible. Yada yada. Seven yada. and five. They beat Se- TCU. Beat seven and five. Uh, yeah. Are you really thinking things would have changed dramatically? No. And here, here's the thing. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, you said no, right? Right. I, here's the thing. I I I don't think. Listen, after watching Houston beat Louisville the other night, I think that was it. I, I, you know, the boosters were already wanting Tom Herman, right? And But the, the shine had come off Herman a little bit with the losses to SMU and, 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 to, and to Navy. And then he goes into that game against a really good Louisville team with the Heisman Trophy. You know, whether, whether Lamar Jackson gets that actual uh, Heisman Trophy now, I don't know. But – he certainly was the leader in the clubhouse, and they just shut Louisville down. Now, it wasn't like that Louisville, if you look at the stats in that game, they're, they, they're very comparable. It wasn't like Houston just piled up 600 yards rush you know, in total offense, and then that's, that's why they beat them. They beat them because they did everything well. And, and that's one of the things that Bobby Petrino said after the game was that they beat us on offense, they beat us on defense, they beat us on special teams. And, you know, that's what Texas fans want to hear. Here we got our guy, and I'm, I'm talking as, a, as, as if I were a Texas fan. We got our guy, and we can't know. We can't even kick a field goal. You know, we, we can't kick extra points. And this guy's winning with his special team. So I think that was – I think even, even if he'd beaten Kansas – Beating TCU. Is, is this a race to Tom Herman? Then is that, is that what is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, because here's the thing that those fans are going to say. Okay, let's say Charlie finished seven and five and won these last two games. Then let's say he even went out and won a bowl game and he's eight and five. And then of course Charlie has kind of said, oh, no matter who's coaching this team next year, it's a ten win team. All right, maybe it is, maybe it is. I don't know. But if he, but if things start to go wrong again next year, am I am I boring you, Barry? This is twice that you've yawned and well, since I started talking. Brian, can you believe this? Brian, Brian, you want to put on the headset, and I'll talk to you instead. Well, you're My talking to yourself gosh. anyway. God, you like to, you like to hear the, the the sound of your own voice. If I stopped talking, there'd be crickets in here oh, talking well, about college football. Yeah, okay, yeah, give give somebody else a chance. But go ahead. Okay, here you go. Here's your chance. I think it was I think it was uh, not a great thing that they have to fire Charlie, but they have to fire Charlie, and they have to move on, and they you have a good candidate. What, I don't know, what is it, 150 miles down the road from, from Austin and Houston? You want to be the first to get them. You don't want to sit around for the next two decades and say, oh, man, we could have we had a shot at 
Tom Herman, and, and we didn't hire him. So it's inevitable that this has to happen. Period. Let's move on. Now you're not going to speak. Now, look at you. He's angry. He's not going to speak. He's, he's, he's being childish. What, what, what? But it's true. So now they're, they're going to move on. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Mr. College Football. Okay? First the players on the team, when Charlie goes, they're pretty loyal to him, right? What's the reaction going to be? Look at him. He's not answering. I, I'm stunned by your attitude. First of all, you say, period, let's move on. This, this is really good. In, in your world, we do this for a living, okay? If we're going to say, period, meager, let's a, move a, on. A, a meager living. If we're going to say, period, let's move on to everything that we do, then you and I have got about 45 more minutes to work. Basically, but but we let. What do you think the reaction is going to be? What's the reaction in the Longhorn locker room? Well, when I brought it up to you earlier, you said it didn't matter what the reaction I, that's was right. in the Longhorn locker room. Well, yeah, because players you, will get you, over. Then you do not. Players live, will get quit, over it. With screaming, players you will get over live it. in the past, old man. Okay. Uh, have you have you not seen social media and, and what it does now? Have you not seen players leave? Mr. Mr. Viagra is telling me I live in the past. No, I, I had four children. You just had three. And it's questionable whether you were the father of all those three. Oh, I'm calling my wife right now. She, she is she's going to be livid when she hears you say that. She's not going to get in the car with you. Well, first of all, you drive to Conway. Arkansas first of all, your kids are all really smart, and your daughter's very athletic. So where did all that come from? It skips a generation. Yeah, it skips a generation. Listen, I think it, there is a. It will go over very poorly. We've already seen the reaction of the players, um, uh, you know, on social media in support of Charlie. Listen, I, I don't. I, I I think that yes, eventually everything will settle down and everything will be fine. But there will be a, a period of turmoil here, I believe, because of, of the kind of guy Charlie is and how much they like him. I, everybody can say, you know, uh, coaches, you know, players like their coaches, uh, and they do. I think that they. Because, look, I was struck by the fact that when Charlie left Louisville, the reaction there. I mean, and those players knew that, well, listen, he's going to a better job. Right. So we get it. We understand he's leaving to go someplace else. But they loved Charlie. They were were crazy about him in Louisville. And that was one of the things that kind of – Turned me around a little bit on that hire uh, was the the reaction of those players. I thought it was a great hire when they hired him, and I think it's a good fire when they fire him. Shows you how – Stupid you are, then. Why? I didn't. You know, I didn't think it was a great hire when they hired him. I, I thought it was an okay hire. I thought there was a. Uh, who Who would you rather have had? That was to gettable. Gettable. Well, not, I don't know. Don't tell me about Saban. No. Well, who's there? There are people who said they could have had Saban if they, you know, that there were people willing to pay that you you hear this that they couldn't have paid that money. No, there were people who would have paid ten million dollars a year for him. Uh, but the, that would have been a great hire. But the administration I, 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 didn't want I, I, it. I, I, uh, David Shaw was a guy that uh, he, he didn't want the job. Stanford, and he didn't want the job. Uh, he would have been a good hire. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of what who else at the time that was really a front runner uh, in, in speculation. Anyway, was Art Browse a front runner back then? He was. He was. Well, the, he was the, in the speculation. The, the wasn't deal he? about Art Browse was is he did not want to be interviewed for the job. Supposedly, uh, they were. They wanted to talk to him about it, and his his response, and you know, rightfully so, is that no, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm coaching a hundred miles down the road here. I am not going to interview for this job. Would he would he have been a good hire? No, it would have been a disaster because everything that happened at Baylor, sure, would have been a disaster. Would would have yeah. been would have been on him, and the school would not have been as protective as they were at first of him, and and we'd be looking for a new coach uh, right now at the University of Texas as well. 
True. Okay, so I I, I, th- I think he was a really good hire. But, you know, I, I just watched those games. And, and if, if he was a really good hire, then why didn't it work out? I don't know. Well, I, then I, it wasn't I, a really good hire. It was a really good hire. It was a good no, idea. It was a good it idea. It was not a really it good hire. It was a good idea at the time. For some reason, for some reason. Barry, it's not magic. It either is a good hire Brian, or a, was a bad good hire. Home. Brian, let's ask our, Brian says no. Brian, Brian, speak up. If if it went bad in less than three years, Barry, how could it have been a good hire? Who I asked you for the alternatives, you you came up with zero, right? What I thought I, I thought he was the I, no, man Nick for the Sable job. Was not he zero. Did, he did a very good job at Louisville. It doesn't no? matter what. He, was it a good hire here? Yes, no. it was. It was not a good hire. If the guy didn't work as, out in as three a Sooner years, fan, it was a great hire. There you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah, Barry Switzer. I, how over can there. you say that? How can you say it was a good hire when it, it didn't work it out? It didn't work out. If you buy a car, right, and the car breaks down in, in, inside of three years, if you get a good, a good price on that, yes, you can't. It, it's it's not that kind of world. It's the kind of world I don't know what went wrong. I don't know if it was his assistant coaches. I don't know if if he couldn't recruit the right players. But I I just don't know what 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 went wrong. Something went wrong. Maybe you can do a piece. Have you written a column on what went wrong? No, but, no, no, I don't want to say it very much because you'll criticize me for hogging all the airtime. While no, you're no. saying that Charlie was a I good didn't... hire and he was and he was fired within three years, he has the worst okay. record. Oh, I'm sitting here with Red Combs now. I, 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 I'm sitting here with Red. You do you do the, the Red Sherrington right here? He has the he has the worst record in Texas football history. Yeah. What's going to make Tom Herman a, a good hire? Oh, all right. Well, let's talk about that. Now, since I got an intelligent question, I'll answer that one uh, because I think he's a much better coach than than Charlie. An X's and O's coach. Well, more, it's more than an X's and O's. You know, the head coach doesn't have to be just an X and O. The head coach has to have everybody ready to play. Right. The head coach has to have everything organized. It was it was pretty apparent that in Charlie's tenure, the things were not organized. Uh, you know, he got rid of his offensive coordinator after one year. He got rid of his defensive coordinator after two years. So these were these are these are not good things. Was this a, was he too loyal to people he shouldn't have been loyal to? Yeah, there's a lot of that going around at Texas. Yeah, he was. You know, th- that was the thing you heard was that uh, you know uh, Sean Watson was his offensive coordinator. It was not the guy he wanted when he ca- when he brought came to the job. He tried to get a couple of different people and he didn't get them. Uh, and he just went ahead and took Sean Watson. I think there were. I think that Charlie took things for granted. I think that he that he looked at the situation and thought. Uh, and, he, and he said that early on. That's one of the things about Charlie. He was exceedingly honest about everything, was that I just uh, underestimated everything that this job entailed. I underestimated everything that went into it. He just didn't see all that coming. Does Mac Brown get any of the blame? Sure, he gets a lot of the blame. He gets a lot of the blame because they weren't very good. They, they had a draft where, uh, since Mac left where no Texas player was drafted. That's, not, that's remarkable. It is it? remarkable. So you, you, you can't have... Uh, you can't have that, and they haven't had. They had. They've had one decent draft since Mac left, and so uh, so no, he didn't leave them any players. He's most. He's playing with mostly freshmen and sophomores. That's one of the reasons why Charlie said that they would be. Ten, they would win ten games next year because these guys will all be a year older. That's a pat. That's really patting himself on the back, though, isn't it? When he says that, well, sure. I, I've recruited the players next year. But he had good I, I recruiting. Cla- he had yeah, yeah. good recruiting classes. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know Check that around a little bit more. That's good. You talk, uh, what are you talking about? You're talking about uh, my, your microphone. my microphone. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, so anyway, 
so 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 look yes mac deserves some of the blame uh charlie deserves most of it uh you know he just he didn't do with his team what he should have done let me ask you this if they don't get tom herman now let's say oh they get tom herman. you definitely they get him there's no you, question so his, no question. you'd like to be his agent today wouldn't you yeah, because here's the thing: Tom Herman's not staying at, at, at Houston. I well, what if some is? Is there anybody else there that could swoop in and and swoop him up? No, there's no one out there. Who could he has spent. He is not from here. He is from Ohio. But he got I, here I like believe. most of us. He got here as quickly as well, he could. He, he. But if you look at his uh, his career, he's had a very interesting career, uh, and he spent most of it. In Texas. He was a Texas Lutheran, I believe, and he's, then he was at UT, wasn't he? He's at UT briefly. Uh, he's, he, but he's been at, you know, he's at San Houston, I think. He's been, you know, he's been all over Texas. Uh, and then he got, uh, then he worked under Urban Meyer, which is a really, really good person to work under. Uh, and so uh, he, he's he's had a, a very varied career. But, you know, you look at the, the numbers on him. He's 22-3 and three as a head coach. He's 6-0 and oh against top 25 teams. Um and it just seems like his teams rise to the occasion. You know, when they beat Florida State last year, uh, that was, you know, they just they just kind of blew them away. They did the same thing to Florida State that they did to Louisville. You know, they just came out right from the very start and just blew them away, blew them off the field. It was like, you know, we've got this game. And to me, uh, I, I, I don't doubt that Tom Herman had been preparing for that Louisville game for weeks. And right. this is a game that he was pointing toward. That, that, and then he was smart enough to know, listen, all right, we lost the Navy, we lost the SMU, but if we beat Louisville, the people forget all about that. And the Texas people forget all about it. People don't forget about it. But you think, had he won those games, he, well, he, he could be, be in the, the CFP. He, he, he'd be in the CFP. Yes. That, that would be, that'd be pretty, pretty memorable, wouldn't it? Well, sure. I'm not yeah. saying he tried to lose that. No, I know that. But I'm saying that, that, that was an example, too, of what happens when you're at – and this is why he leaves Houston. You know, when you're at Houston, you can have that thin veneer of talent. Like, he's got Ed Oliver, who, who might be the best defensive lineman is, in the country. Can he bring him with? Can he? Yeah, I think the Texas people would ask that. He's got 19-and-a-half tackles for loss. 19-and-a-half. He's a pretty good player. For a freshman defensive tackle. You know, but, he, he's, he's a phenomenal player. But, but you know, that's another thing. That Char Charlie Strong got players who were on Ed Oliver's, on the same plateau as Ed Oliver. No, Maybe not as good. Malik Jefferson was a pretty good player coming out of, coming out of high school. He's a good player. And, and, and he, he was ranked very high. So but he's been, a, he's been a disappointment. Right. But so uh, was, has, did he continue in the Mac Brown tradition of recruiting the wrong players? No, not necessarily. I mean, Shane Bouchelle did okay. You know, he's not been great as a freshman. What do you think will happen to okay. Shane under a new coach? I, I think that's interesting. I think well, with a new coach, an offensive coach, because that's, that's what Herman is, right? Yes. He's an offensive specialist. Do, do, do you think two years from now Shane will still be the starting quarterback at Texas? Under well, it Herman? depends on who they get. I'm, you know, uh, as I understand, they have somebody on campus now, and I, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it'd be foolish to, to deviate from Shane Bouchelle. No, no, point. but – but I mean, I think a new – look, you know, Greg Ward's a nice quarterback. I like him. Uh, but he, the big thing he had going for him, he was a, a veteran athlete, guy, yeah. and he'd been around for a while and done a good job. You know, Shane Bouchelle was just a freshman this year. He, he had a you – know, he, he looked terrible against Kansas – uh, there, there were questions about whether he had a concussion, though, and then he was playing on the field of concussion. And speaking of which, uh, I was blown away by the fact that Charlie uh, gave the ball to Dante Foreman 51 times. And I've heard people say, oh, he's, you know, I'm trying to save my job. I'm, I would have done the same thing. Well, then that 
and I'm speaking seriously, that should be an NCAA violation. 51 carries for a kid. Listen, we know that there are that, – that CTE is not just something that comes from playing pro football, that, that's, that this brain damage can start in players who are playing in high school and college as well. And for, for you to give a ball to a kid 51 times in a game is just unconscionable to me. I, you know, I, had, I said all along that 18-wheeler package was stupid because it put Dante Foreman out at wide receiver, and you're taking your best player and taking him completely out of the play, which is ridiculous. But you don't hand the ball to him 51 times either. I, I think that that was just smacked of desperation Desper- on, uh, on Charlie's part. This is my best player. He's going to win the game for us. And, but and of course, he, told, if he had fumbled that last time, they should, Somebody should have told Charlie that even if he had won the game, it wouldn't have kept his job. No, and I don't think it would have. I, I really do think that, that, uh, that, the, that the boosters were going to put enough pressure on and say that we have to hire Tom Herman. So you think it's a done – are they are, – you think – they're not really talking to Tom Herman right now, or, or they're Somebody's talk, talking to Tom. They're talking Herman. to his agent, right? Or yeah, they're, somebody. They're not so booster is. Yeah, they're, they're, they're they want to find out what the number would be. Yeah, because cause, because look, here's the deal. They owe how t- embarrassing would it be for Tom Herman not to come at this point? For Tom Herman or for Texas? For Texas? Well, yeah, for Texas, if Tom Herman didn't come, uh, it'd be embarrassing. But there's but but Tex, but Herman wants the job. That that's what he wants. That's the job. He doesn't want the A and M job. He wants the Texas job. So, uh, but the, the thing is, you know, the Texas, they got to pay off Charlie and his staff. That's $11 million that they're out. So, so Herman will get a lot of money. But look, he's getting, I don't, I'm not sure what his contract was at Houston this year. I want to say they he tore was, it up and gave him a new contract. Yeah, right? I, I want to say that he's getting $3 million, but I'm not positive. So they'll give him 5 or $6 million or whatever it is uh, to come to Texas, and that'll be plenty. And, and he won't care because the point I was going to make was that. You know, he's got Ed Oliver, who is the best defensive lineman in the country, I think. Uh, but uh, that's what what happened. And that what makes Ed Oliver so great, and the fact that he has 19 and a half tackles for loss, is that he's getting double and triple teamed every game because they don't have that much talent there. You don't have to worry about the other guys on that team. So the fact that he's playing that well and getting double and triple teamed is just phenomenal. I mean, it's just, to me, that is a bigger story, Ed Oliver playing at U of H. I know his older brother plays there, and that's part of the reason why he's from Aldine, Westfield, which is just down the road. I get it. But, you know, they, Alabama's got Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. He's from Channel View, you know. He didn't go to a Texas school. Look at school. you, Mr. 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 Houston High School football. Houston High School football. Well, just because I, we covered that A&M Alabama game. But, but the thing is, is that, you know, uh, you, you don't let a guy like that get away. I mean, that's how – he didn't end up at an Alabama or Ohio Texas. State or, or Texas or Texas, you know, for that matter. It's just beyond me. And and uh, and now he's going to uh, and frankly, you know, Ed Oliver's going to wish he had ended up there because now his coach is going to be in Austin. And I, I and I'll be interested to see what happened because they have a lot. That's the other thing for Houston. They have a lot of seniors. Uh, and so they're losing a lot of players. It's a good time for Tom Herman to go. And he was going to go anyway. You, that's the problem. So you get somebody hurt at a place like Houston, and now now you have three guys waiting waiting to. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, you don't have them all stacked up there, and then then you end up losing the Navy and SMU, and so uh, that that's why you go to so Texas. Will Tom Herman be coaching a bowl game in Houston this year? Yeah, no, that's the question for me. Is that uh, what what will happen now? So so look, uh, I I think they'll make the decision on Charlie, <laughs> and and I, I I think there's a good chance that that uh, if they could hire a coach right away. That they would accept the bowl bid because you get that month of practice, uh, and that'd be an invaluable for the new for the new coach. But right. but to me, if Tom Herman 
Houston would have a hard time walking away from Houston without taking them to the bowl. I, I mean, maybe they'd tell him to go ahead and go. I don't know. But that's a that's that'd be a very ugly situation. So if and if he if he leaves, you got he's got to leave his staff there, right? He's got to leave whoever you know. The, well, why don't you you assume? And see the, the but uh, Orlando is a defensive coordinator is considered one of the really bright defensive minds in the country. I mean, he gets a, for all the talk about Tom Herman, who's the offensive guy. Orlando's doing an unbelievable job as the defensive coordinator, and so. So who stays there to coach the team through the bowl game? You know, I mean, I think it's a, I think in, uh, it'll end up that Herman ends up coaching Houston in the bowl game, whatever it is. But see, that's a whole month you're missing. That's a whole month you're missing. Your new job, people paying you seven, six, five million dollars a yeah. year. They'll want him there as soon as possible. Sure, sure. Why wouldn't you? And, and, but I think that. Texas, but he's calling the shots. If he says I'll take the job, but I need to stay in Houston, they're not going to say anything. If, if he doesn't come, if if he doesn't come. Uh, I can see Texas turning down the bowl if they if they get six wins. Yeah, if they beat TCU, I can see them saying, you know, we don't. You don't really think they're going to beat TCU, do you? Yeah, you, you never know who TCU is going to show up. I mean, yeah. one, you know, they 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 beat Baylor by forty, which is not such a big thing anymore. Beating Baylor, uh, they've lost a few games in a row now. <laughs> uh, but uh, but TCU, I, I've seen them. They they have been all over the map in the Oklahoma game. In uh, the first quarter of that game, they looked great, and and they were beating Oklahoma, and they had everything going on, and then they just fell apart, uh, and then they made a big comeback in the fourth quarter. So you just never know what you're getting with them. It's all Kenny Hill has been very, uh, he's been all over the map. He has, and this kind of leads to the whole my uh, whole point as a column I'm writing for this week is about the fact that I, it now you're going to talk. You're done talking about columns you've written. Now you're going to talk about columns you're going to write. Thank you. Or also, I want to talk about it. I'll let you just talk. No, go ahead. You go ahead. No, no go ahead. No, 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 no. 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 I tell wanna, us. I want to hear you talk. Tell tell us. Tell us what you're going to write this week. I'm going to write a column talking about. I have never. I don't recall a time when football, college football in the state of Texas, has looked so bad. In in. Throughout the state, you're not going to include, even with Houston, even with Texas A&M. So you're you're just saying, not the Big Twelve schools. You're just saying throughout. That's state what I, that's what I said. Okay, I just want to I just want to clarify that. Yeah, uh, that's correct. A uh, and M's been a disappointment this year. Uh, after all the talking, after I, I wrote earlier in the year that I thought that they were going to make a comeback here, and they did. See when I when I talk about these, I'm just saying it's what a Sherrington I did. Daily Double. You can just say it without saying I wrote a column about it. For God's sakes! No, I was saying that I wrote early. I'm trying to to say that I'm. You're trying to be humble. No, I'm trying to say that when I write something, I stand behind it, or I say that I was wrong. One either way. I don't know why that offends you. That's redundant. You. When but you why say does you that wrong? offend you so much? No, no, no. Because it's like a crutch. It's your go-to crutch. Now, now you're not going to speak to me again. Look at him. He's not going to. Now I can tell. He's he's going to go into. He's going to go into a cone of silence. You know, when this podcast is over, Kevin and I have to get in a car together, and drive. Uh, uh, fortunately, Which was not my idea. Okay, but I'm driving. Okay, so be nice to me. Otherwise, I'll be out at Fox Sports Southwest doing Sports Day on the Air alone. You might be. I just don't understand why it offends you so much. I think it's because uh, if we do we want to compare bylines? How many? Sure. Anytime. Oh, really? Do yeah. you really want to go there? Yeah, let's go. Oh, my gosh. You do not want to go there. Let's go. You don't want to go there. Let's go. No, let's the, go. the point is, is that we reference other things. Sometimes I reference stuff in the Ballsy podcast and when I write something. Does that offend you? No. I, I like the free publicity. 
Boy, I just don't know why that's, that bothers you so much. The eye rolls is unbelievable. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to start to wear sunglasses in here so you won't see the eye rolls. No, and, you can't miss it. Your head goes back. Your hands go out. The, the eyes are rolling. Oh, my gosh. He's talking about something he wrote. Let's, let's talk about the, college, the CFP. Can we, can we talk about that? You go ahead. You go ahead. No, Give no, me, I want to ask you. I want to no, ask no, you. No, no, I don't want you to ask me anything. I want you to just talk no. about it. Just talk. No. Talk about the CFP. No, I just want to ask you, if you, what, do you what do you think is going to happen there down the road? What what, what do you think is going to happen? I think we'll have Alabama will have the Ohio State-Michigan winner. I think uh, Clemson will be there, but I don't think Oklahoma will be there. Is that a, is that a bad thing, Brian? Oklahoma will not be there? Travesty. Travesty. What did he say? Travesty. Travesty. I like it. And and, and um, maybe there will be a second Big Ten t- Big Ten school there, or or a Pac or a Pac twelve school. That's what I think. Okay. Period. Let's move on. Okay. Let's move on. What else you want to? That, talk that's about? what you said. That's what you said last time. No. Period. Let's move on. Well, we're supposed to keep this thing moving, be fresh. Not we 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 just don't want if we, if we want bang a subject to death, we'll have Evan Grant here doing it. Period. Let's move on. I think we should add that as, as one of Barry's outtakes. Period. Let's move on. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm not making any more predictions about the. About, I said earlier, and this really bothers you. Okay, it doesn't go bother you again. I've said earlier that I thought it would be two Big Ten, ten teams. Right. Uh, and, you know, see, this is why we bring this up. It's just to talk about what we did. I said it'd be two Big Ten teams, Alabama and and probably uh, an a- ACC team. Uh, uh, so uh, I think that could still happen, but it is unbelievable the upsets this year and the way football has played out. I think there is one team that is clearly better than everybody else, and that's Alabama. And that's the only reason why you don't even need to, you know, if, if the idea is that we want to figure out who is the best team in college football, then when the people who have written me and said that he should, there should be an 18 – this year is a perfect example of why there should be an 18 playoff. It's an 18 playoff if you want to get more mediocre teams involved. But if you're trying to find the best player, the best team in college football, we found it. Well, so, yeah, yeah, there's no question about it. The only way that Alabama loses to me is if, is if Jalen Hurts gets in a game. Gets hurt. Uh, and no, is if he turns the ball over. You know he's not terrific. He's he's good and he's, he's really good for a freshman. Yeah, he's really good for a freshman. But look, he looks really good on that team too. You put him on another team, he'd be just another player. Right. But here's here's something you, you do know. You think you know will happen? Not will ha- in in the month leading up to the game. They won't get out coached. They won't be out prepared. No, for that game. no, they won't. And and you know stuff can go wrong in championship game. I'm not saying they're they're going to win for sure. But I'm just saying they are the best team. Sometimes the best team does not win. Do you think Oklahoma could, could, could sneak in there? Uh, I watched that. I watched them also week in, week out. Do you yeah. like watching them in the snow? Yes, that was I, I, against uh, West Virginia. I yeah. did. I, I could watch anything in snow. Yeah, that's pretty fun. A, any football game in snow is 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 highly highly desirable. Don't see that very much anymore. No, not in college football. No, but 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 he but he but here's and I think there was a lot of snow in college football on Saturday. Um, was there? Yeah, there was a lot of snow across the country. I watch Oklahoma and I say that offense could play in in, in the uh, in the playoffs. I, I, that defense is not. Well, their defense is terrible. Good. It's been terrible all year, and and you know I think they're just I think they're just lost. Uh, they well they don't they don't have the players they they've had before. They don't have there's not uh, and and that's what uh, Mike Stoops said the other day uh, after the uh, after the Baylor game when I, I was up there, and he said that uh, uh, we don't have Eric Stryker. We don't have a bunch of Eric Strikers so, on this team, and that and that you know he was a, a really nice linebacker and a really good player. 
for them. They don't have big names back there anymore. It used to be back when they were beating Texas, you know, in the in the early 2000s and they were killing Texas. You got Roy Williams jumping over the line of scrimmage and and knocking balls away and and you had uh, you know some great defensive linemen and guys. Was Roy Williams a good draft choice for the Cowboys? He was cuz he was good for several years. So so that's a difference on that. Okay. That was a good draft choice because he was good for several years. Can, can Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma? Sure. sure. Oklahoma State's got a great – look, here's the thing. Oklahoma's going to be in, in trouble every game because their defense, defense isn't very, right. very good. And not, not saying that Oklahoma State's defense is good either, but they've got a good offense. And if, they're, and if everything's working, then they're a pretty good team. I thought all along that they that Oklahoma State, both Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, were better than West Virginia. Now I know oh, that, I, I, that, I, I that totally West Virginia beat that. Oklahoma State, but I, I think that was the the thing about you know West Virginia was that the quarterback uh, is not dangerous. No. He, you know he's uh, the, that's an East West offense, and they just kind of grind up and down the field. Uh, so uh, yes, Oklahoma has a has a tremendous offense. Listen. They've got four players as good as any four players on, on one side of the ball in the country, I think, you got when they're all playing well. I mean, Baker Mayfield, he, to me, Baker Mayfield's the worst of those four players uh, because he's a little inconsistent. But Dede Westbrook may be the best receiver in the country. He's tremendous and a tremendous deep threat. I think he has 15 touchdowns now, and that was after a really slow start. Uh, and then when you talk about Joe Mixon – and, and Samaji P. Ryan, uh, that's a great combination of running back because Joe's so uh, versatile, can catch the ball, he runs it well, he's, he's fast. P. Ryan's so powerful. powerful. Uh, so to have and – then, and, then, and then Baker, when he's playing well, he's, he's really good. So to me, with, with four – I mean, there are a lot of teams in the country that have four players like that on offense. You know, you you're, you got two running backs, a wide receiver, and a quarterback. I mean, holy cow. It's better than the Cowboys have. Uh, no, it's not. Well, the Cowboys what, have though, one running back. I'll tell you what. If, if the Dallas Cow- Cowboys, not the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Let me tell you something. If the Dallas Cowboys could draft D.D. Westbrook, uh, I'm telling you. First round? I'd take him in the first round. He's a, really? He's a, a first-round pick. Okay. As, and you, you don't, I hate to bring, bring another. He'd be another offensive guy. Another offensive guy? Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing. To me, you, 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 wherever that pick is, it's going to be a very low first-round pick. So uh, the best defensive players are all going to be gone. Uh, I think you could get Didi in the What if you trade Tony, Tony for a pick, for a second-round pick, and then take that second-round pick, your second-round pick, and your first-round pick, and move up and, and get a player? Well, that's what that's that. That's, well, you, you know what? That's a, if you go back and look, those were the mistakes we discussed that the other day at, uh, at before the before the game. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm referencing something else uh, that, that disturbed you so much. I guess it's okay if it's not a column I wrote. I was talking Conversation's to, good. I like to hear you. Oh, it's okay to do that because you, yeah. you're not counting bylines. Uh, is that that John Machota said? He, he was talking in particular about the Mo Claiborne draft, and that if he hadn't uh, uh, traded up for Mo Claiborne, he could have taken Brockers uh, in the first round, and he could have taken in the second round. He's a defensive lineman. We're talking about right, yes. Michael Brockers. And then in the second round, who was it that uh, he said that the Cowboys wanted, and that's what they would have taken. And they would have been better off. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was. But anyway, the point was there would have been two players who would have you would have had. They're both of them better than Mo Claiborne, uh, and that's the gamb- And that's the problem with trading up is that just just take the guy who, who comes to you. Now I'm not saying that's always the case, you know, because the the Cowboys traded up to get Emmitt Smith, 
you know. That worked out pretty well. That worked out well, didn't it? So, so it's not. It's not a. There, there's never any, you know, rule. There aren't rules about this. There are guidelines. There are no rules about this kind of stuff. But for the most part, I'd just say take the players that come to you. And then to me, the, to me, that's what the Cowboys really lack is that explosive threat at wide receiver that a that a Didi Westbrook could uh, on their offense. If they had him, the offense would be unstoppable. It would be unstoppable. I, I think. I, I think what we should ask the headline writers when they write this, they m- mention the Cowboys. That we talked about the Cowboys in, the, in this college football podcast. Oh, so they get us, us get us some get us some more get us some more hits. The Cowboys should take Didi Westbrook. So that, that's that's the headline, Brian. Put that down there. L- L- Brian's happy because he's an Oklahoma player. But yeah. when Oklahoma, when my Oklahoma State Cowboys, because this is the year of the Cowboys, when they when they beat the Sooners, uh, we'll have a conversation about that. And I think it's time for us to go. We got to get out of here. We got to go to do Fox Sports. On air, whatever that is. Sports it's Day on air. Sports Day on air out on of Fox, Fox Sports. Sports with, and you know who we're working with today? John, the great John Radigan. That's 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 terrific. I'm happy, I was happy to see that. I'm happy to work with any of those people. They're all fine people and great professionals. You're just happy to work. You could have just, you you, you just ended it right there. Every day you're employed is a good day. All right, Brian, keep us employed for another day. Take us out. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.